We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Radio Weekly Recap, where I, Kyle Dvorak, on Twitter, at FFKyleTheKid, take you through the last week in Rotoviz podcasting. Before we get into it, I have to remind you that if you want access to the over a 1,000 articles per year, dozens of apps we offer at Rotoviz, go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. You get a 30% discount that's exclusive to this podcast. That's, again, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast to get access to all the great tools and articles we have over at Rotoviz. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Radio. Get exclusive access to the Sunday morning show we have going on. You can get your last-minute DFS advice or, or just some start-sit questions answered, and you get to join the community of awesome listeners and hosts we have going on at our Patreon. With that being said, I want to get into our first clip of the week, which comes to you courtesy of the Fantasy Football Report, where Blair Andrews and Hassan Rahim are talking to Greg Smith this week, co-founder of 2QBs, breaking down some of the interesting things we saw last week, namely the breakup performance of Calvin Ridley, which kept my tournament lineups from completely crushing to barely cashing. But with that being said, let's get into it. Morius Allen rushed six times for seven yards and a touchdown and caught three passes for 19 yards and another score in the Ravens' Week 3 win over the Broncos. Uh, no shit. Allen has been Baltimore's primary goal linebacker since last season. This is nothing new. Calvin Ridley corralled seven of eight targets for 146 yards and three touchdowns while gaining nine yards on his lone carry on Sunday in the Falcons' Week 3 loss to the Saints. This is shit no for me. I didn't see this coming at all. I was... More in on Tevin Coleman. I thought he was going to have a big game in this particular spot, but this is something we have to pay attention to. Like maybe, I, maybe this should have been a no, a no shit uh, for me. But I, 
I don't know. It, it seems like this is something that could be a trend, right? As defense is key on Julio Jones, that's going to open up stuff for the other receivers. Uh, you know, before all they had was Mohamed Sanu, who is not that great, and Austin Hooper, who I'm pretty sure is just completely mediocre and replacement level at tight end. Like, he might be a little bit better than that. He's still pretty young. I shouldn't write him off this soon, but just based upon what he can do right now, like, it seems like Ridley is the player that they've needed for like three years and like ever since they lost Roddy white. Um, so I, I, I think I'm buying into this going forward, but I was not expecting a big Calvin Ridley day. He destroyed me in a couple DFS head to heads today. I was not excited about that. So I actually did get Calvin Ridley onto a few DFS lineups. Uh, the problem is I can't remember exactly what I was thinking when I put him in there. So it must've been pretty bad process. So, I'm not even going to pretend like I am predicting this kind of game. I obviously thought uh, something something was going on there. But no, uh, I mean, it was I, earlier I think, in the week, and I can't remember now. <laughs> you probably did have good process. I mean, you look at the over-under on the game. You look at the fact that it has potential to shoot out because they're playing the Saints. And, I, I mean, there, again, there aren't that many options in Atlanta. And if you kind of just – throw a few darts at one guy, throw a few darts at another guy, you're going to end up with maybe a little bit of Austin Hooper, a little bit of Calvin Ridley, a lot of Julio Jones, um, a lot of Saints players. But I, I think the fact that you got there at all is is good process, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, maybe. Christian Kirk caught seven of eight targets for 90 yards in Sunday's Week 3 loss to the Bears. Shit, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I had no feel for... The, or the Cardinals offense whatsoever. I still don't really have any feel for it because it sounds like or it looks like they're going to be making a quarterback change to Josh Rosen going forward. I I don't know. I mean, Christian Kirk got a lot of hype in the preseason and in rookie drafts, but I based upon the way that the Cardinals had played through the first couple of weeks, I wasn't really ready to project him as you know any sort of usable fantasy asset. And I wouldn't be surprised if next week he goes back to having like four targets and two catches. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether or not Josh Rosen is going to be, like every other rookie, is he going to be able to sustain the kind of fantasy production that we need, especially from the wide receiver position uh, with Larry Fitzgerald there. And now that they're trying to work in David Johnson a little bit more as an actual receiver, which, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, he was actually pretty good at that in 2016, right? (laughs) The survey says yes. (laughs) So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not Rosen's going to be talented enough to actually hold these guys up. Uh, you know, we, we saw Mayfield. We've we've seen a little bit of Darnold. We saw Josh Allen. It'll be interesting to see how these rookies are able to sustain or maintain uh, whether or not the uh, the players that they're actually sh- funneling the ball to are capable of having big fantasy days. And I just am not a believer. I'm sorry. I'm not a believer in Mike McCoy's offense or whatever, he, you know, he likes to call it. It's just, it's a very turgid, it's a slow offense. They played baits off today. I really enjoy what Javorius Allen's doing because as fantasy owners, what we're looking for is when we talk about running backs, we're looking for pass catching roles and we're looking for goal line work. And Javorius Allen answers the question, what if those are the only two things my running back did? Because when we look at what he did last year, he was a top 24 back, primarily on the basis of those two things. He was 13 in red zone attempts last year, which is mind-blowing considering he's Javorius Allen. And last year, he was also 16th in targets among running backs. He really does fill those two roles, despite getting just over 150 carries last year, which was just outside the top 30 for running backs. And based on how he scored this year, I think we should expect something similar, him to fill those two roles that we really love. 
if you need to stream a second running back, you've got injuries or you just have bust on your hands because that's what running backs do. He's certainly at the top of my list for guys I'm checking on the waiver wire. If you're looking to stream more than just the running back position this week, next clip comes to you courtesy of the road of his mailbag where Jeremy Hart has different guests on every week just to talk about life and fantasy football. This week he has on David Kitchen talking about two guys you could have gotten for streaming last week, Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd and much more. Have a listen. Redraft PPR, I have an offer on the table uh, trading me Tyler Boyd for my Calvin Ridley. Do I accept? Also, please rank these guys rest of season, John Brown, Will Fuller, and Kenny Galladay. All right, so I would, as much as I love, I this is a tough one. We've been going, we've been going like back and forth on the Sirius XM show about Tyler Boyd versus Calvin Ridley. Um, I, I think I'll still go with Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, he's just the number two there. And it's clear from the past two weeks, you know, going, running around every single drop back that he threw. And I, I think that there is more kind of, there is more of a concentrated offense in this offense for the Bengals than the, than the Falcons. So it's, it's tough saying that. But then again, I don't think Calvary is going to score three touchdowns every week. So, uh, I would probably hold on to Tyler Boyd right now and then rest of season give me Galladay Fuller then John Brown Galladay Fuller John Brown uh, I'm with you Galladay number one here Fuller and Brown you know what's interesting is John Brown is up there in air yards with the likes of Antonio Brown yeah. I never it, it's crazy it's I crazy. got tons of Smokey Brown I, I mean I I love them all really Will Fuller is I think going to dominate uh, Kenny Galladay is just he looks to be you know, he's becoming the guy there in Detroit, which I think is a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm with you with Boyd over Ridley as well. I mean, Ridley was able to capitalize uh, against a team that is literally rotating uh, the second cornerback because they both suck that bad and they can't figure out which one sec- uh, sucks the least. And, uh, you know, Freeman coming back, that's just going to shore up some more targets there as well. Uh, Sanu is still there. Where Tyler Boyd, I mean, he is up there in market share right alongside A.J. Green here. So uh, that's that's definitely something to, to keep looking at. So Tyler Boyd's your man there. Uh, IMO as well. Redraft rest of season, Dave. Can you weigh in on Matt Breida versus Lamar Miller versus um, Matt Breida? I guess he listed. We're just going to go with Matt Breida versus Lamar Miller on this one. I need to trade one of these guys for wide receiver help. So I think the guy that you're going to probably get the most value from just because of where he was drafted and also name recognition is Lamar Miller. Um, And, you know, Lamar Miller is just not a really sexy guy. Meanwhile, Breida took a big hit with this offense. But then again, last year when Beathard came in, he utilized his running back so much, you know, as a check down Charlie. And I think that that's what's going to happen with this offense again. And I think Brita directly benefits from that. You saw it last week. I, I, I just really love Brita's talent. And I've got faith that Kyle, uh, you know, this running back one in Kyle Shanahan's offense will have value going forward. So I'm going to try to get the most out of the, the trade for getting Lamar Miller out there. Before we get into the next clip, I have to tell you that if you're watching all these games and doing all this research for fantasy, it's time to start making some money. MyBookie is the industry-leading website that hooks you up for all your betting needs. With the great odds, fast payouts, and decades of expertise, you can bet with confidence, and your team doesn't even have to win. They just need to cover the spread. Or, if you know they're going to lose, bet against them and you win no matter what. 
Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. I trust them, but don't even take my word for it. I'm just some man on the internet. Check them out yourself. They have in-game live betting and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. You can also check out their online casino if you'd rather just play a few hands of blackjack or roll the dice in craps. Fantasy point props are also a lot of fun, and they're perfect fantasy players to find your way in making money. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code RODAVIS to activate this offer. Again, visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This next clip comes to you courtesy of the flagship Rotoviz show with Matt Friedman and Dave Caven talking about the Bills' historic upset, beating the largest spread covered in, I think it was 23 years. And even though many of us here at Rotoviz, but overall in the data community, did not think Josh Allen would succeed, if he does, I think that's only a good thing for us in the sense that we just want to see more good offenses and we want to see a young man succeed. Despite us being wrong, it'd be a great story, and I don't see how you can't root for the kid. Without further ado, let's get into the clip. Josh Allen, uh, as we talked about before, this Bills team, it was something as they just absolutely stormed over the Vikings, 196 yards uh, through the air. But the two rushing touchdowns is really what sealed the day for him. He also had a uh, passing touchdown, too. So what a day. Almost 30 points for Allen finishes at around 28. Is this something we can expect going forward? Is this Buffalo team better <laughs> no. than we thought? Or is this an aberration? I mean, they they might be better than we thought, but um, I don't think they're still really like all that good. That said, uh, I, I did take them already uh, at plus 10 uh, against the Packers because I, I think the Packers are underperforming. But I, I don't know if they're I don't I, I mean, I don't think that the bills are actually good. Uh, I, I just think that their defense was able to exploit a, a Vikings offensive line that has had issues and uh, they were able to get some key turnovers. Um, I don't think Allen still actually looked all that good in that game as, you know, like a, a bona fide pocket passer. Like he still had moments of inconsistency. Um, but I think he did a better job of uh, like at key moments, uh, pulling the ball down and just running instead of standing in the pocket longer and taking sacks or, uh, you know, like throwing inaccurate passes once he was pressured. Yeah, for sure. So I do think, you know, you can't read into a performance like this so much, but it does show maybe there's more potential and some better decision-making than I had expected. Now, player whose name I left off of the outline for you, but I imagine just by taking a look, you can garner that it's Mike Williams of oh, yeah. the Chargers. Two touchdowns, four to seven. Uh, 81 yards, a 42-yard uh, touchdown as well. He's starting to look like he can definitely take in a role in this offense and is better than last season would have led us to believe. Where are you on him right now? Uh, I like little Big Mike Williams or Big Mike Williams Jr. or whatever <laughs> it's going to be. Like I, I like him a lot. Um, I think because I think he was probably someone that Rotoviz wasn't very high on last year in the draft process, right. um, just because he didn't have high market share. Um, he wasn't a very athletic guy. So I, you know, I think people maybe could have looked at him as like something like a smaller Kelvin Benjamin. And I think that probably just didn't excite people. Um, but I, I tend to like those big guys who score a lot of touchdowns in college. Um, you know, so I think we can't take too much out of his rookie season because like in training camp, he had a debilitating back injury, 
which basically ruined his rookie year. He was still able to play a little bit, but I mean, you could tell like he wasn't functioning at like anywhere close to full capacity. Um, so I think last year was basically kind of like a red shirt season. I think this year we are seeing something that is much close to like the, the true Mike Williams. Um, I think there's a lot of potential, especially like Philip Rivers is the type of quarterback historically who has done well with receivers like Williams, and he's willing just to throw the ball up there and let them compete for it. And that's where Williams uh, really excels. So I think it's a good spot for him. I like him a lot. Definitely a, a, a good example of a player that we perhaps gave up too quickly on. I, I think across the industry and many fantasy players gave up on Williams, kind of overlooking some of the indicators that would have been there. And like you said, I think he fits in well playing with a quarterback like Philip Rivers. Josh Allen is an interesting DFS play, if for the sole purpose, because now we have seen his rushing ability. But if that's what you're going for, a cheap rushing quarterback, might I suggest pivoting all the way down to C.J. Beathard at just 4,600 on DK. Last season, in his five starts, he averaged five rushing attempts for 24 yards per game and scored on the ground three times. That's 5.4 points on the ground per game out of a quarterback that right now is 4,600 on DK. That price will certainly go up after this week, but if you really want to jam in elite players into your lineups, paying that little for a quarterback is certainly a way to do so. And he was also throwing to last year an injured George Kittle. He lost Pierre Garçon early in his starts, and they added Dante Pettis. He's got upgraded weaponry. He's still C.J. Beathard, but rushing ability plus better weaponry equals a value at 4,600. Moving on to wide receivers, I am going to outsource this to On The Daily with Matt LaMarca, Anthony Amico, and Matt Jones. Take it away. Now, Matt, let's move on to wide receivers where, I mean, I, I think that this is where we're going to save a lot of money this week, at least in my initial research. I'm going to be curious to see what you think. But three of the receivers who figure to be the highest owned are all playing in the same game. That's our Giants against the Fighting Saints. Uh, Michael Thomas, OBJ, and Sterling Shepard all projected to be highly owned this week. Uh, what are you doing with these three guys? I mean, it's just, it's the worst. Like, how how can you not play any of these guys? Like, Shepard is obviously in play in cash. Like we saw what Calvin Ridley did to New Orleans last week. Um, Shepard's 4,900. Ingram is out. Like all of these things are pointing to a great game from Shepard, hopefully, um, both from my actual fan perspective <laughs> as well as the DFS side of things. Um, you just, you have to find a way to get Thomas and Beckham in. Like, the the numbers are insane with Thomas this year to the point where I actually had I checked like three different sites when I was writing my article this week just to make sure like the numbers were correct. Like he has 38 catches on 40 targets. That's pretty good. I, like I, I that's not and it's not like it's Jarvis Landry in Miami targets, right? Like they're legitimate targets. Um, So I definitely think that you have to find a way to get Thomas in. Beckham came out today and said that he's been a little hesitant on the ankle to really push things and he's starting to feel better and that may be narrative street and whatever else. But I, I do think that, um, that every week we're going to see him get a little bit better and hopefully Eli can, uh, can stay upright long enough to get him the ball. So, um, I, I can't really imagine fading any of these guys, but, uh, do you think that anybody's fade worthy in this, uh, in this little grouping? I kind of think you can fade Michael Thomas. I mean, 
I wouldn't go nuts about it. I wouldn't have like 0%. I mean, maybe I will because I'm, I'm a gambler. But like the thing with, with like these high-priced receivers is that, you know, when they bust, it really hurts you. Um, like the high-priced running backs, if you just look at the trends tool at Fantasy Labs, not that I'm biased or anything towards that, but if you look at the trends tool, uh, high-priced wide receivers on DraftKings who are chalk um, – actually have a negative plus minus, negative 1.46, which doesn't necessarily mean that we're not good at identifying the best plays because we are when when they're lower priced, but I think it just speaks to the the variability at the wide receiver position. And, uh, you know, when I look at the Giants team, like I still think that they have decent corners. I know that uh, Thomas is heavily targeted overall in this offense, but last week he saw a little bit less market share with, uh, you know, a couple of these other guys healthy and in the lineup. I'm just not really sure that I want to have, you know, major exposure to Thomas. I think it's really likely that not likely, but I think it's very possible that, you know, the saints can score a lot of points without him. So I think if I was going to fade one of these guys, it would be Thomas. Um, in terms of like cash, I think Shepard is obviously the best play just because he is super cheap, you know, under five K. Uh, and if we, again, look at the trends tool, uh, chalk wide receivers on DraftKings who are cheap, which I defined as up to five, five thousand dollars plus minus of 4.07. So I think we can definitely expect a good game from Shepard. He's projected to be highly owned. Uh, I definitely like him. Two other guys who had big wheat threes and, and still remain, you know, pretty affordable. Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley. Can they repeat their week four, uh, their success here week four, Matt? Uh, I mean, I don't think Ridley scores three touchdowns again, but yes. Um, I, I mean, I do kind of think that I mean, I don't know if we're, we'll get 130 yards out of him, but I do think that the way that Boyd is producing is like relatively sustainable. And they're obviously, they're looking to him in the red zone a little bit. guy I have to have this week is Julio Jones. Looking at the Fantasy Labs models, he won't be nearly as highly owned as guys like Michael Thomas or even Odell Beckham at the top range prices. At those lowered ownerships with the potential for him to blow up this week, I'm all over it. Now it's time for the show to come to a close. As always, you can find me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.